Welcome to Understanding Project Management Discussions. My name is Dave Barrett and my guest today is John Loncar. Our topic is stakeholder management. You'll see through our discussion that John has a lot of experience working with stakeholders. He describes all kinds of different stakeholders and various approaches that he's used to work and um, interact with them effectively. So please welcome John Loncar. So, uh, hey, John, uh, thanks for coming on. It's good to see you. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's great to see you again. Thanks for asking me to, to have a coffee chat with you. Sounds good. So, so our topic for today is about stakeholders and, and stakeholder management. And I understand in our when we were talking before we started, you've had a lot of experience with different stakeholder groups and so on. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess earlier in my career, I had a wonderful opportunity for a, a really kind of big project. And when you say stakeholders, I look at it uh, two ways. There's internal stakeholders and then external. And there is a clear and distinct division between the two. Now, um, and they're both two totally separate populations. The internal stakeholders all depends. It all depends what you're trying to deliver. And, and if you actually, you know what departments you need to speak to, but you don't really have control of who represents that department. And depending on what they're doing and what they're, um, what's on their docket, how much time can they devote to, to a project? Because we're all working just as everyone, just as you and in life, we have many projects we're working on concurrently at the same time. So we all have to have time. Right, but, right. So, so what you're saying is you're not the center of the universe then. Oh, <laughs> in, <laughs> in my world, I yes, I am. Yes, right, <laughs> but, but for them, they've got a lot of other stuff on the go. And absolutely, a whole bunch of other deliverables for people of varying, you know, it could be for the VP, the directors, their, their own supervisor. So, uh, and the sense of urgency is different right. for every stakeholder. Right. And when you said, just, just to define the term, so when you said internal versus external, so internal would be defined as someone who's in the same organization as you, right? Like being, being paid by their, their salary is paid by the same company as you. That's, is that, yes. that's an internal stakeholder? Absolutely. We work for the same company in a different department, in a different division, but they would have their, um, their product, let's say, is what you need. So you need to engage them to say, I need your help. This is my scope of my project. This is what I, what I need, my end game. This is my finished product, but I need your input. And, you know, when we spoke earlier, that's, that could be a lot of source of angst between internal stakeholders right? when you're fighting for time and perception. Like what's the scope? Is the scope actually conveyed properly in their language right. that they understand? So what's, what's your game plan for, for, so you've got a bunch of internal stakeholders and we'll, we'll get to external in a, in a mm -hmm. little bit for these internal stakeholders. How do you interact with them? Like, what's your what's your plan for? How are you going to get to know them or understand them or what's what's the deal there? It's um, what I found. So I was new ish. Like this was a rather large project, and I was kind of learning as I went as well. 
And so I'd have conversations. But what I did find to have a lot of traction was uh, getting the team together in one room. Because then I could speak to uh, one department and have all the other departments listen in. And then I could have a discussion to say, this is what I need from you, but your work will depend on right beside you, that department's outcome. So you could start to see the interconnectedness of the team to say, well, no, it's not just what I need, but it's this department needs this from you. And having that talk and saying, okay, this is why it's important. I'm not asking you to do something just to, to do it. There is meaning behind it. And I've always found that just oh, young learning for me, you get more from people if you can engage people right. in get their buy-in into the project because if they don't have it you could have a person that's going to be a wall for you and you won't get any traction it'll be more of a deterrent and so i've always had this kickoff meeting where i've introduced and i've tied them all together as to why they're here in the room and what they mean to each other right and right. So, so yeah yeah, using that saying, we're this is the band, <laughs> right? Yeah, this is the band. Yeah, so this is sort of the 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 higher per, like this is the purpose. This is why I'm talking to you, and this is how we 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 connect together. I I've often felt that too that when I've managed projects that the the project manager is in a unique position to see how every the how the the things tie together, like where the you know where where the connections are. And a lot of times stakeholders, they, they see their, their, their own little area, their own area, not necessarily little, but their own area. And they have that sort of, that, like sort of a, a bit of a, of a sheltered view. And that, that if you can sort of draw that picture for them, and you've, you've said it nicely of get them together with shared communication, that can break down some of those barriers. So that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. It's um, just as you said, a lot of departments, when they say, oh, Jeepers, okay, another project because their docket's already full. They have this myopic view that's very laser focused. And I've found that if I pull them back and say, hey, this is the big scheme, don't go down this path because you don't need to. I see my request of you is, is not what you think. And that's the other part of the discussion where my one project, um, this team said, oh, I have to produce this just as if it was you know, ready to go. You know, the final product, very complex. And once I explained to them, say, no, actually what we need right now, and this is the purpose of the team, is this level of accuracy, this level of complexity. And once I explained that, it was like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. Because they started doing their own computations in their head. I have this much time. Okay, this much time in a week, this and then they started figuring out, going, I have no time, which is always a chronic answer. Right. But I've always found that if you say, no, this is what I actually need. I don't need to the penny. I need to the dollar or to the hundred dollar. Like what level that what we're working at. Right. Right. And the other thing that I've found, you know, that is a backdrop to this. And I'm, I'm curious as to, to your experience with this is that there's this thing that happens in organizations called organizational politics, which is. Oh there are factors beyond just getting the work done that is at play. You know, it's, it's you know, 
uh, um, people that are looking for promotion, maybe they're trying to advance, maybe they might want their area to look better or in a certain light. And there is this, 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 this thing that is happening, which is politics that isn't necessarily talked to, but is there. So have you, have you seen that in your career? And if there is, how do you, how do you work with it? Like, what do you, what do you do? Oh my gosh. It's forever there. It's always there, but it all depends on how prevalent right. it, it, it becomes. And that speaks to how, or what the profile is of this project. If it's just a little project then the politics subside there, it's not that much. Right. It's more, um, you know, I'm tedious, but if it's a high profile project, like I've worked on projects, my, the biggest project I've done uh, came out to be a hundred million dollar project in which again, I had to manage the financials and the engineering and, and complete package. And so with a project of that size, politics comes out full and foremost. What I try to do is uh, as best as you can is to remove the, the politics and to become a team. I've always found politics are always when there's an individual effort. Just as you said, someone's looking to advance. It's, they're, they're out for themselves. If I can turn it that this experience into a team, I've always found politics starts to, okay, subside. And the way I try and do that is say, from the collective effort, we can achieve far more. And if we achieve far more, there's going to be more light put on us in which everyone can shine. Right. And the best thing is for advancement. It's always been, how will this person play with the others? <laughs> like, right, right. And if I found, again, by turning into a team or building com camaraderie, and one, what I've done as well to help build that is to get the team together but not talk about the project. So let's have a lunch. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. And once you start to know your teammates, then you you, you start to become like a the, the work family. You, you're trying to help each other. And then you know, okay, I can work with this person because I know their bias. They're not looking. They just want to do a good job. They're non-threatening. So again, if I can show, promote the team effort, remove any threats but then again sometimes there are people that that are like that yeah 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 you you there's a there's a whole lot of things that you that you just said i just want to comment on a few of those is that that you you're talking about a, a method of influence which is if you can show the benefits of cooperation that instead of it being a a, a like a small pie that we're trying to carve up here there's a big pie it, it, it's it's if we work together, there's more for everyone. If you can make that case very convincingly, and you just can't say it so overtly, you, you gotta, it, is, it is done very elegantly. Um, that's a, a tremendous way of, of turning people that might work against you to working mm -hmm. with you. You know, you've, yeah. you've, you've talked about team building and, and you know, and and getting to know people and so on. So it's a real interpersonal, uh, you know, influence-based uh, process. So I want to just turn to external stakeholders now and just talk about mm -hmm. there. So we've talked, there's, there's this whole group of internal stakeholders, but now there's a whole universe of external stakeholders. So 
Uh, tell us about that. It's um, again, depending on the project and that will <clears throat> dictate how many stakeholders externally that you have. And there, it's just as viable discussion as with the internal stakeholders, but perhaps more because now the external could be different companies or governmental agencies, depending on what the project is. Politics comes a little faster at you because now you're delivering, you're helping them come to a, a greater picture to say, okay, here's the absolute solution, but I need their help to make this project even better. And it could be, um, say in my case, it could be a contractor who I contracted the work out to complete my, my vision or the team's vision, right? But then there's also <clears throat> government ministries, okay? Who do we have? Oh, we have to have environmental. So we have to satisfy the needs of these external stakeholders and say, okay, here's the project. What can we do? What is intimate to you? What, what do you need? And I've always found that if we have that discussion at the beginning and to say, I'm here to work with you. I'm, I'm here so that, again, we can work together. We can achieve greater things. But I need to know what is near and dear to them. To say, okay, what like, what are their inflection points? What's uh, is it better to do this then, or to do it now? To see, okay, what's your timing, and what's again, what's their pitfalls, or what's important to them? So I've had to do work with um, municipalities where I've had uh, stakeholder meetings with the mayoral council and speaking to the and to public to the open public to say, this is the project, this is my impact on you, which yeah. could be good or bad. Hopefully it's, yeah. it's always good. <laughs> right, but it can be bad, it's not. And I think that's one of the things that, that I've talked about in my, in my classes is stakeholders can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. Like they're, they're and, and everywhere in between. They're, they're not- they're Absolutely. Not they, uh, could be your, they could be your champion. Yeah. Or, or not so much. Right. I often get the question, you know, from in 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 uh, from students as to um, how many stakeholders do I need, and and I usually describe it as well, it's how many there are, uh, and and so how many like what would be you know what's the most what's the greatest number of external stakeholders that you have like generally how many are there in, in your this hundred you know, million yeah, this is what I do. I learned this tactic long time ago. And for your kickoffs, usually what I do is I, I have my own scanning of the environment to say, okay, here's the topic areas. This is who needs to be involved. That's critical. You may, uh, you try very hard to capture everyone, but every now and again, they may say, oh, you need to talk. Okay, bring them in. But for actual project stakeholders, I throw an invite out to everyone saying, this is the project, here's the scope, blah, 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 blah. I let them choose to participate or not. Now, I've also found too, if I give choice, I have higher engagement, but also because I've given them the choice and if they negate it, I kind of have a little bit of an insurance to say, well, you were invited. Right. Here's the log yes. of my discussions. Here's everything that's happened. You politely declined. 
there's not much right. I could do. Well, what I do again is there's different levels of communication. So you have your stakeholder population and it could be large. I've, the one I've had, including internal and external, is like 15. But not all 15 participate. Right. So you have to be mindful. Well, how am I going to communicate to keep them to say they're still within this project scope? And it could just be uh, monthly updates. Right. And yeah. again, give them the choice whether they want to interact. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And and you know, and when you say 15, some of those would be groups, which means inside that group, there's many you know individuals. <laughs> they're they're both. 15 say say 15 is would be individuals in some case but in some cases are groups representing many many people uh, i like your idea of that going out and asking because you know just as a strategy one it will maybe help identify stakeholders you didn't kind of think of mm -hmm. um and two if you you know like they you know a stakeholder spurned who, who was ignored is not likely to be a friendly stakeholder, you know? No. So like you say, it's, it's your insurance policy where if you, they later sort of appeared or whatever, you, you know, at least they would know that you reached out to them, which mm -hmm. creates a, a better environment, I'm sure down the road. Yes, it's, uh, it does. And it's actually, I've had some stakeholders where the urgency wasn't there yet. Right. For them, I've invited them. And when it time came, then they, they came into the, into the fold and started participating because now it was meaningful to them. It, it was at that moment in time that it now it's urgent. Right. And, and that's the other thing that I think is sometimes hard to see when you're first starting in project management is the realization that the, the environment is not static is that it's constantly moving, it's the conditions are changing. So, so yeah, at the start of the project, the stakeholder may not be that overly concerned. By the middle of the project, they're deeply concerned. So there, there isn't, the stakeholder management is constant, is a, you know, you're constantly taking the temperature of the room, so to speak. Absolutely, you're always gauging, okay, what's, uh, what's hot, what's cold, what is, uh, what's happening? Also, too, with stakeholders, you can have a stakeholder as a, a department, but that person representing that department could change. That's true, yes. And then that throws um, another uh, lever <laughs> into the project to say, okay, stakeholder is still present, but the representative has changed now. Right. One of the things I... I curious about is that again when I teach this there are you know I, I have stakeholder documents that filled out and plans and so on but but I often say you know these are ones not necessarily to be shared you know in terms of your strategy for how you're going to deal with stakeholder x that would not be public information I'm just curious as to your processes do you write any of this down or is it just is it is this stuff all stored up here? You know, what do you do? Uh, this plan? <laughs> You're absolutely right. You have your plan, and then you kind of have a public plan where you say, okay, here's my own internal notes. This is what I know of this person or this department. And I know intuitively this is how I need to, to manage them or to shepherd. <laughs> Could be another word. Yes. To shepherd yeah. them. But with the communication, yeah, I keep it strictly topical. 
based on the project. Here are the milestones. Here's um, the outliers. This is what's happening. This is our next phase. I keep it very, or perhaps I'll say it this way. I don't put any emotion. There's no emotion in any of my communications. I may have my, my, my black book, my, my actual notebook in which I describe my thoughts, as, but I treat that as my own personal uh, log or diary. But for communication notes, uh, there's no emotion. As soon as you have emotion, then there's a bias. And that's not, when you're trying to bring a, to execute a project, you need to be very factual and stepped. Okay, this is what's happening. This is where we need to be. This is where we came from. This is how we're going to get here. Right. That's the thing. It's actually, I, I like the way you describe that of saying those stakeholder notes of this is how I'm going to interact is like a diary. It's like a, a personal log where you'd say, you know, today I need to meet with the president of the company. I know, you know, he or she, you know, likes to work in this way. And so I'm going to do this. Well, that's, that's a very personal reflection that you would never share, like, like a diary. Diaries are generally not shared. They're personal. And so... This is, this is the, the unique thing about stakeholder management is that it is done, but not necessarily shared, you know, not, not, <laughs> not often or ever. I, I hate to say ever because ever is, is so absolute, but I don't think I've ever shared, you know, with somebody say, you know, my plan is you're going to object and then I'm going to provide you with a few examples and you'll come around, you know, well, like, you, you don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 that is your own kind of... Uh... <laughs> in your own vault that's yeah, the special it's, information exactly. it's in the vault it's it's your act that you've got that you you know that's just the way yeah. the way the way you operate so um so just I, I guess one last question is is what what is it is is there ever been a, a time when you've really you know wish you had done something differently with a state like have you have you ever wanted to rewind to say oh, you know that didn't work well uh is it any, anything come to mind or if not then you know that's okay but no that's oh jeepers yeah <laughs> that's you know i'm human there's always going to be when you reflect what i like to do is um, a couple things when a project comes to an end i like to celebrate our excess success because i like to acknowledge what the team and the effort and the energy we've put into and I find that that sometimes doesn't happen a lot or it's not executed in a way of where you're just, oh, you're just doing that just to, I try to, you know, acknowledge what we've done as a team to say, right. okay, let's celebrate what we've done. It's very, very special. But also I like to have a postmortem to reflect back and say, okay, what didn't work well? What could we have done? And you know what? That is another lever to bring engagement, to bring the team closer together. When you ask them, okay, hey, Rob, what do you think? I know we kind of struggled here. We made it through because we had to, but if we could do it differently, this is what I'm thinking. How about you? Did you feel the same? I try to, so again, I try to have an open conversation where I'm not very political. It's just, let's talk. Let's just... How can we make this better? Yeah, and that I, I like the idea of the, the continuous improvement, the tying into the postmortem or the lessons learned process, and and even the celebration. That that's an interesting one because that's really recognizing that 
you're continuing to develop the relationship. Like it's good to celebrate just in its own right. Remember, you you might be working with these folks again in the future. Yeah. That's, a, that's a point. It's a constant cultivation of the the relationship, as as well as your sort of reflection. Is a lot of that is reflecting again of well, how did I work with that stakeholder, and what could I do better next time, and making those little notes in your private diary. It's, it's a constant learning. You're not going to necessarily get it right the first time. Like none of us are, no. none of us are interpersonal experts that, that can, you know, and humans are unpredictable in a way, but over time mm-hmm. you learn, you, you, you yes. figure it out. If, if, if you're paying attention and, 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 uh, you know, uh, um, reflect, which is, which is part of that process that you're talking about. Yeah. It's, uh, the one thing I've tried to learn or to be more kind of self-aware, which is yep. in itself is a tactic. Everyone, we all need to get better <laughs> to be more self-aware, but to also learn the language of whom you're speaking with. Right. Because people take information in, in so many different ways. Yes. Yes. But I've found that uh, everyone is different where yep. some are more analytical, where you need more visual, some need uh written text, other, you know, just a conversation, a, you know, a chat over coffee. But if you can learn the language of that person and then detail your thoughts in a way they can receive it quicker, that would be just be um, more productive for the project. And you're, you'll, you'll reduce a lot of uh, potential conflict or a negative energy built up within the group. Yes. No, that's a, that's a, that's a really, and almost that, you know, you know, in, in sort of summary, if you can do that, like there is no, you know, there's, there's no magic way of doing this, of, of working with people, but if you can speak in their language or, you know, see things from their point of view, like, you know, just for a moment, get out of your shoes, walk over there and try on their shoes and then go, oh, well, it looks way different over here than it did over there. If you're able to do that, whether you're dealing, you know, like you said, you know, in, in your home life, you know, with a, with a, with a spouse or in a, in a business sense with, with stakeholders, wow, you're, you, there's, there's just a whole lot more. Name. And the thing I found too, if stakeholders realize you're doing, if they see you doing that, it increases trust, yeah. right? They go, oh my gosh, yeah you know, this, this person is actually trying to see my point of view. That's awesome. You know, and, and just like you said, the team increases communication and it becomes a, 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 a like a, a um, it, it feeds off itself in terms of that. So um, anyways, uh, John, this has been a, a great conversation. I, I thank you for your insights on, on stakeholders, uh, stakeholder management and identifying stakeholders. It's such an important topic. It's a, it's an underrated topic, but it is super important. One of the most important, uh, if not the, uh, so anyways, thank you for your time on this. It's always great chatting. With you. Okay. You know what? I love it. Thank, thanks for asking me. I just love having our chats. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> Always so. Anyways, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, Dave. Bye bye. Bye.